0: Well, we're back again today studying from Psalm 139 about the wonder and greatness of God. We've talked about the wonder of God's knowledge and the wonder of God's presence. Now we want to talk about the wonder of God's power, and beginning in verse 12 of Psalm 139, we read this, even the darkness will not, well, let's begin with 13, for you created My inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The psalmist is declaring the power of God. The power of God, he is omnipotent. That's the technical theological word. And there are many examples. Creation is one. The resurrection of Christ is another. But just the miracle of conception and birth The psalmist said there's a wonder about that amazing thing that you're formed in your mother's womb and that it's a special way that God brings you to life and that he's the author of life and he forms those inmost parts and weaves you together in your mother's womb and arranges and protects you and he, he provides for you the different body parts, a heart that's the size of a fist. That can pump blood 24 hours a day, for for 70, 80, 90 years is truly amazing. 150 million gallons of blood pumped by that little fist pump, fist-sized pump, that is is has such elasticity and such endurance and such amazing power. That's God's power. That's God's creative power, and and He says even the Our days are ordained and directed by God. He has a loving plan, and he he has a desire for, for us to be his people and to glorify him. And our response should be to give thanks. And that's what the psalmist does when he says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We should not complain about the fact that we're not like someone else, that we don't look like someone else, or we don't have the abilities of someone else. Our Uh, There's something about someone else we wish was ours. If we just look within and see what God has done in making us, how special we are, and that we have been created uniquely to be his, and that there's no one in all the world quite like us. There's no fingerprint like us. And we... Are different and special and therefore we should rejoice in that and we should praise God for that and we should make that something really special in our lives but so often we see someone else who may be more handsome or more beautiful and we wish we were like them or see someone else who is more successful and we wish we were like them instead of making the most of who we are you see it's not so much what you do it's what you do with what you have It's what you do with who you are that matters to God. And God says, if you take what you are and what I've given you and you allow me to use you and allow me to work through your life and make the most out of your life, you have been totally, totally successful. You may not be a multimillionaire. You may not be renowned and known throughout the world, but that does not matter. If you fulfill your purpose, then that's what matters. There's also the wonder of God's judgment here in verses 19 through 24. And this is really interesting because we don't normally look at things like this very much. But listen to what he says. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with an evil intent, God. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. David is actually praying for God's judgment upon the enemies of God because they are his enemies too, but they're God's enemies. They hate right. They don't like truth. And David's word hate here is not the sense of, you know, a morbid kind of hate, uh, a kind of grudge. It's not that. It's a desire to see God work his perfect will in the world and to do that he cannot allow evil people and evil things to stand and and David knows that you see judgment is a part of God's nature as much as love a lot of people believe firmly in his love but they don't believe in his judgment but you see, love without judgment is really not love. It's kind of a superficial syrupy, something that doesn't make any difference. And if if there is no judgment upon sin, if there is no judgment upon evil, then God cannot be God because God is perfect. And And then... And then he prays this prayer at the end. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David completes this great psalm that describes the greatness of God, God's, God's power, God's presence, God's very being, and God's judgment. And he closes it by, by a very personal prayer that God search him, that God just really tell him who he is and what he needs to be and what he needs to do. <clears throat> it takes a lot of courage to pray a prayer like David prayed here at the end. Now, he started by saying God had already searched and known him, that God knew everything about him. That was the first point, God's full knowledge and God's perfect knowledge that he knows everything. But now he comes back and he says, now search me why would he do that because he wants to know what God knows he wants to know what God sees what do you see in me lord have you ever noticed that about the time you think if you're growing as a christian that you're doing really really you're doing really good you think man i'm i'm doing really good i've overcome this i'm i'm you know, dealing with that and then all of a sudden god just speaks to you not in words out loud, but he speaks to you through his word or some other way through circumstances, and he said, well, what about that? What about that? And there's still something else that we don't see that God sees that needs to be dealt with, and we need to confess it, and we need to overcome it. And that's what the prayer of David is all about here. He's asking God to show him the things that he does not see and to reveal to him the things that he does not know so he can deal with them. You see, the person who really wants to walk with the Lord is not somebody who just casually prays every once in a while, Lord, forgive me of my sins, but it's somebody who says, God, show me where I'm failing. Show me where I'm not measuring up. Show me where in my relationships with other people are, my family. I'm not being the person I need to be and give me the insight to see that and then your power to do something about it. As we do that, then we begin to experience the very best that God has for us. Well, I hope that God will speak to you in a special way and show you the things that need to be changed today as I ask that he do for me. God bless you. Have a great day.